All right, here we go. Back again, Chris. You excited for the uh, next episode? Very excited. All right, we got a really fun guest today, actually, coming on. This is a great individual. Uh, this individual is incredibly accomplished in many worlds. He has been a uh, top salesman around the world. He's actually done some incredible deals that have been in the terms of millions of dollars. He's negotiated with YMCA's across the United States of America and actually broke into the film business working with the co-creators of The Muppets and was one of the major forces behind the PBS show Lomax and the How and the Music. Uh, talking about music, it brought him to his true passion, which he is now a composer on feature films and TV pilots across the United States of America. A very dear friend and business partner of ours, Mr. Gene B. Hale Third. Hey, Joe, thanks for having me. This there is he great. is, the man with the hour and the power, huh? Oh, yeah. Gene, yeah. in the flesh. Yep, great, doing great. I love the I love the way you led me into the uh, music and everything. That's great. Well, that's that's uh, that's your life story, Gene. Those are the accomplishments that you made. You've done it incredible with your life, really. I mean, you started breaking into the business in a completely different way. I mean, you went from going through music into sales, back into music, into the film business. You know, tell us a little bit about the start of your journey. What kind of brought you into this this crazy world we call entertainment? I started on drums. Got a nice foundation for music, and then um, I just uh, I started playing in, in a little group we formed with a couple guys um, that both played guitar and I was playing drums, and people didn't show up to practice and didn't put the time in, so I started trying to tune my drums funny and like create notes out of the drums because I'm like, if you guys aren't going to do the work, I'll, I'll write, you know, on the drums, I'll write compositions, you know, kind of thing. So I upgraded, I, I say upgraded, but they're both equally valuable instruments. But I went to bass because it grabs the melodic stuff so you can write a lot of, do a lot of composition with melodies. And it also couples with percussion. Um, I either wanted to go on tour in a rock band, which, which uh, my father who uh, hired a lot of uh, former number one hit kind of uh, wonders that would work for his music uh, stores and malls in, in New Jersey and stuff. And he strongly encouraged me uh, not to do that. As you mentioned, your dad, very smart man. I uh, yeah. had the pleasure of meeting your father a bunch of times. He's yeah. real smart. He, he ran some pretty big stores that were actually pretty famous in the New Jersey malls. What was the name of those? Because I know a lot of listeners may know uh, the stores you're talking yeah, about. Uh, yeah, so when the regional malls started popping up in New Jersey, Rockaway, I think, was one of the first ones. Yeah, yeah. And there was bats flying through the building when he started his first store at Rockaway. Um, this was in 1977. Uh, yeah, what, but people went to my dad for pianos, and Bon Jovi came to him trying to get a piano at one point. And, so, um, so, so essentially you're saying any any uh, young punks used to hang out in the malls when they were kids and teenagers, they ran around into those organ stores and would bang on the keyboards and leave. That's, those are your father's stores. Father's that's those are your father's, that's your father's. Yeah, and I started yeah, yeah. selling in those stores for him at like age 13. Well, yeah. now that transitioned you into getting an amazing opportunity working with the folks at PBS. Yeah. And uh, the, the show that eventually came to be would be Lomax and the Hound of the Music. The great show. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. Now, tell us, I mean, you had a fascinating story how you were around the curriculum and you really were a huge you were a huge cog in getting that machine moving forward. Absolutely. Tell I, us a little bit about that experience. You took that experience, combined it with your passion of TV, film, entertainment, and you kind of helped develop this show with people. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's, that's a fascinating story. Yeah, uh, thanks. I, it, it is. And so, yeah, so 
to back to kind of you know to piece together where we were talking about uh, in my in my journey, I opted not to go on tour with a band and take over my father's business. So I actually left school on September 11th, 2001, uh, the day, and drove from Indiana back to, I'd met my brother at Penn State and stayed at his frat house. Uh, It was really eerie and weird. But I was leaving school because Dad had partnered with the Muppet co-creators and the Sesame Street co-creators, and they started National Lampoon um, Magazine when they were at Harvard, wow. which became all the movies we know, Animal House, mm-hmm, you know, sure. um, Caddyshack. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I am 21 years old, and I'm now business partners with Christopher Surf, Norman Stiles, and uh, the, these, you know, uh, and I and we, I was just like asking so many behind the people questions. What was it like to work with, you know, Chevy Chase what was it like you know and find out what these people were really like because you see in the movies and they're brilliant but you know Gene you did an amazing job getting involved with this thing and what's incredible is how you took your passion mm-hmm. and then you jumped into this world kind of yeah you know head first yeah you leave school you go out there yeah. you're ready to jump completely in and now you're involved with Lomax right and that became a pretty nice show I mean it was a great show you had a great season run on that Tell me a little bit about the experience working on PBS and then how that kind of guided you into pursuing a career in, in, in film now, because you have such a diverse kind of aspect of what you're working on right now. Right. So, um, you know, went from, uh, you know, being in my early 20s working with Christopher Surf, and the uh, what we did was we partnered as the, the National Outreach in Perpetuity to Lomax the Hound of Music. The show was delayed for, I want to say, five years. Yeah, right? okay. So it aired in 2008, eventually. I started this in 2003, okay? And we were the outreach. So this is all based on a curriculum. All PBS shows are based on a curriculum. Sure, yeah. And so the Sesame Street folks, essentially these co-creators, Chris Surf, Norman Stiles, um, were essentially hired to create a Muppet show they had done sesame street between the lions which has been on air for a long time and then they did lomax which is this music show based on the music curriculum so what what attracted me to it was i was kind of disappointed to not be going into music professionally but i i also liked the fact that i were were, the whole idea was that we make our country more musical right which to me it was like that was like a world that that's awesome I would love to have a hand in sure, that. Yeah. So I took it as a mission-driven kind of an approach, but the show was delayed. So, you know, people were, the, the I don't think our partners necessarily were going to continue doing it, but we were the cart before the horse. I went out there calling one YMCA at a time to sign them up for this music curriculum that actually met the NACI criteria of their music uh, and movement of their preschools. And YMCAs were the largest childcare provider in the world half a million preschoolers a day could potentially get this program. And then it mirrors the show. So I was pitching this before. I was like, yeah, the show's going to come. The show's going to come. All along, I built from zero to 750 locations, reaching 150,000 kids. And then the show aired. So long story short, you know, it was a great show um, on PBS, and it mirrored what I had done. But it would not have actually finished if I didn't, my dad and I, didn't keep marshalling the project forward. 
it would it would never have happened. Um, so it, it was it was really it was really cool. And um, you know, from there, uh, got into uh, starting a family and uh, switching careers, and music kind of disappeared. So I uh, along the way, I was like, you know what? I'm going back into music, and I'm going to do it through the movie business. That's great. I mean, the one word that comes to mind with Gene is persistence. And the one thing that you said, you persisted with your father back in the then, and then you met Joe, and, and you persisted with regard to, you know, following your dreams and incorporating music into films, and, and it's happening. It's amazing. You know, a few years go by of trying to do this to ultimately circle up and do soundtrack work. And I always wanted to be an actor. I played a lot of bands on stage and everything, but I met you. And then it, it, it started happening. Yeah, it's interesting then, how we met. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, but that was probably, that was four years in, and I told myself I was going to quit if I didn't get anywhere in five years. Tried to fail up on purpose, because I knew people. So, you know, I, 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 people will take my call. They know I'm not a serious filmmaker. They know I'm trying to do it. So I put that out there to the universe, and, you know, I believe in that stuff. You... Law of Attraction, we met. Yeah, no, it was interesting because I think uh, it was your friend uh, Patrick, right? I think that introduced us. Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, a couple right? stand-up comics. Yeah, a couple stand-up comics. They, we, the he, Patrick knew you, and my guy Frankie knew me. Yeah, and they knew each other. Right? They knew each other. So it was really funny because I think Antoine and I were out on one of our uh, nights in the town where we go and uh, yeah. go out to eat and hang out. We always end up at this barcade down at like St. Mark's, yeah. uh, you know, downtown in New York City. And we ran in. They recognized Antoine from from okay. his show on, on TV. Sure. And they start talking to us, hanging out. And eventually your buddy Patrick's like, you know, I got this guy, Gene Hale. You got to meet him. And uh, he really wants to break into the business. Gene, you know, finally, yeah, you know, you know, give him our number or whatever. We can hang out and then see what happens. But you kept calling, it was great. As soon as we started talking, it was almost like, you know, it started really working, which was good. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're again, like Chris said, your persistence was huge to break into the business. You know, uh, Joe, thank you, first and foremost. What an experience. And I still say this, but, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like to say that you've been mentoring me in the film business, the Joe Gawalis Film School, and I've been fortunate enough to get, like, a front backstage pass to learning the ins and outs of all of this the right correct way right because because i think the beauty of what why we work really well together is that i didn't have any bad habits they didn't show up saying oh yeah i made a movie or i went to film school and i got a bad habit because i do this i was kind of fresh with it Bungie. right so you know everything I've learned in this business, I've learned correctly. Well, I, right? I would never. <laughs> you're you're overstating my capabilities. Yeah. You know, oh, just, I, I don't. I don't think that no, at all. I, I, I think, think I'm you know, under. Yeah. I think I'm understating. You know, I'm, I'm just, one thing I, I, yeah. right, one thing I see. I hear the theme is the mentors when you were young in music world, yeah. and and you mentioned you as a mentor in the film world. I feel the same way. You know, even you and John have inspired me and be mentors in the business. It's just it's it's amazing uh, that you can have a gift and be able to pass it on. Versus just holding it for yourself, and that's what I find right. really special. Yeah, oh. it is very special Th about thank, Joe. Thank you. You know, I, I again, I I always say every day, I don't I don't think I know anything. I just do what I think I know is right and how to make that. Uh, you know, I think there's so many ways you can break into this business. So many ways you can do things, probably a thousand times better than I do or anybody does. But I think it's what works for you. And I think the key is people need to have the right intentions. Yeah. You know, what do they want to do? Yeah. If you're gonna, yeah. If you're gonna bring people around you. 
do you want to actually work with these people and help these people? You know, right. that, that's the key. Yeah. Like, do you want people around you right. to be successful? Right. If you want that, I think you're doing the right thing, doing anything. But yeah, yeah I, I appreciate what, what you said. And then you get the opportunity, you come to us and you say, you know, I always actually wanted to be in front of the camera as well. Mm-hmm. And because of this weird circumstance of a pandemic, we now go from doing a very large product to now doing a passion project, which gets you now the ability to say, you know what, I'd love to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's in front. you're now in front of the camera, not only in a small role, but the, the co-main antagonist, actually with Mr. Chris Victor right here. Yeah. You two played the two antagonists, kind of like a Marv and Harry type character. Yeah. And uh, Uninvited yeah. for the Holidays. And you two really, I think, stole the show throughout. I mean, uh, everybody was great in the entire movie. Uh, Dan, Trace, Kylie, John, Louis, Off. Everybody's fantastic in the film, but you two really have these steam-stealing, goofy scenes. We were lucky enough to be those two goofballs that you wrote, and that's the way I see it. Yeah, tell me about it. Was it was it first experience? It was, it was just like, this isn't even happening. I kept thinking, pinching myself. I'm like, am I really in a movie right now with this guy, and it's like funny, and I, and I always, I love creative, so I'm just like, we're making art, and, and it's this much fun. That's great. So I really enjoyed it. And I tried to give everything I I could to you. Yeah, you were great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, You did. Yeah, you did. Where, you know, it's that, you know, when you go on stage, it's hard to sometimes perceive what you look like. Sure. Doing certain things. You have to really know yourself. Um, And I had always imagined what it, what it, you know, I think a lot of people do that. What would it be like if I actually got a chance to act? You know, it's not what you think. It's, there's a lot of, it's like, you know, playing a complex piece of music. It's so many subtleties in this whole thing. Well, you know, Chris studied acting for a very long time. Yeah. You went to major, major acting schools. You've been in this business since the 90s. Yeah. Acting, oh. pursuing acting. Yeah. You're really, you know, having mentors that are some big, big league guys in the business. And uh, Gene, you're getting to act like you, your first scene is somebody that's been in the business for over 20 years mm-hmm. and has dedicated his life to the craft. How was it working together? Both of you guys. Love to hear from both of you. Like, working now you're working with a guy who's never acted before yeah you're working with somebody that's been in the business for quite a long time mm-hmm. that is basically given his life to acting how was the dynamic between you two getting to experience that i i highly respect what you brought to the table your, your level of commitment to the character like you you actually said how you would perceive yourself how you would look but it didn't seem like you were concerned about how you looked at all you were totally there as as tom and you gave me a lot to work with, so like I'm grateful because it made my acting look better. Also, that was that was my take on it. So thank you. Yeah, I yeah I I looked at it like, hey, I, like we're in a band together right now, and we're gonna like create something cool together. That's the way I looked at it, like a partnership. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, I wish it didn't end. No, it doesn't have to. I'm invited for the holidays too. I get, but I got <laughs> just talking to you. I get the vibe, and I and I remember what it was like, Joe, on set and doing that and the takes. And the, there was never a time where it was like this. I wish I was doing something else. Exactly. And you, you guys kind of got to play the the goofballs in the movie. So you know how was it? I mean, a lot of you guys, especially for for Chris, which was great. Uh, you know, both of you guys were the people the kids laughed at the entire time. How was it in the getting over the part of, you know what, now I just have to kind of look like a fool and enjoying that process? How did you guys, because I know you guys both come from different worlds. Yeah. 
And how do you feel like making kind of a fool of you? So this is Chris, you don't play these kind of roles often. Gene is a new for you doing it, and Chris usually plays like the heavy and yeah. stuff. You know, he's coming in there being like a tough guy in a lot of things or a detective. And now he's a complete goofball. You're a goofball. How did that kind of feel getting to do that dynamic together? I mean, you have kids. I don't have any kids, but I was happy for my friends' kids to see the movie because I just it it was funny. I mean, I remember you know discussing the character with Joe, thinking I have to speak in a certain way, and he was like, "No, this is written for you." And and the writing, you know, which which I always compliment Joe with the writing. You know, just if you trust the writing, it's there. It was very funny, and then the slapstick element that we had together. And you going along with that, and it, like it was just seemed effortless. And we, you know, you really brought it, which is great as a, as a you know, first come. And I didn't feel foolish at all. I felt like this is great, making kids happy. Yeah, you know, that's the character. Well, the, that thanks for saying that. It, it, my experience with mentors and paying attention to that stuff and realizing I getting pushed is is good for me. That was perfect because I don't think you knew that. I don't think I ever even maybe told you this, but it was like a mentor situation in the acting realm. I knew he had a ton of experience. I knew I had none, but I'm like, let me play up to this guy or try to because right. Because he's been in this room before, and I've, I'm like, it was brand new for me. So, How did you feel, you know, again, working on a, a film for the first time, I guess, as an actor? People don't realize, you know, you got to set it up. You got to shoot your wides. You got to go there and get your dolly shots. And you go in for your mediums. And you're going in for close-ups. And you're, you're shooting, you know, 15 different takes. Oh, yeah. Over and over again. How was that as an actor for the first time, repeatedly you know, again and again and again, which a lot of people don't realize, you know, you're not no. just doing it one take and making it work. Yeah, I I tried to uh, remain, o like, uh, real open-minded, kind of like in the, the way jazz works is you improvise and you kind of think as you go. And, sure. And so that's the way I approached it was, like, this is going to be a piece of work that, you know, uh, is a process. So I didn't try to have any, like, I know what this is because I knew I didn't. But what it was kind of what I expected it to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, well, it all made sense. I'm like, all right, I've watched a lot of movies. I love movies. And it all kind of made sense. I'm like, that's how they got it to look like that. That's what they actually had to do to do that. And and so I just kind of pieced it together like a chess thing. Probably similar to your music also, right? You're creating so there's an unnatural unfolding of things, right? As it happens for both acting as well as composing music. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, yeah, music. Yeah, it's usable. It's a usable way to think. Well, that, that that brings us actually full circle right there, Gene. You started your career wanted to get into music, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you have the opportunity at the end of Uninvited for the Holidays, mm -hmm. where you and uh, your music partner. Andy Lefke, who yep. will be on the show too, an incredible, Absolutely. incredible artist. We met in 1998 at Indiana University Music, Music School. Well, there you go. Back and back to the beginning of the whole day. Yep. 1998, yeah. Andy And Now you guys have the opportunity to make the soundtrack right. for Uninvited for the Holidays. So now you're there. You have this opportunity to make this kind of Home Alone-style soundtrack, and this is your first time at that making a soundtrack with, not only that, one of your closest friends in the world that you met when you were back in college. How did it feel getting now to getting the chance to actually make the soundtrack and starting to work with Andy full-time like that? So in 1998, we kind of decided, hey, we're going to make music together the rest of our lives, right? And uh, so that was always like, you know, again, persistence and <laughs> grit. 
<laughs> if you keep at something and you give it 100%, you, you, you're probably going to get there eventually, right? So Andy, you know, now we're, 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 we're doing soundtrack work for a movie, you know, and, and it was, it's like, this is actually happening. It's years later now that we can see working together, but now we're doing it and it's real. Um, and that's like a dream. It's true. Soundtrack was great. I think the Uninvited soundtrack turned out fantastic. Yeah. You guys did a great job mm -hmm. on that. Time continues forward. And now you and Andy back in the saddle again, soundtracks. You're now making a, a soundtrack for our latest series, uh, 2076 America. Right now, it is a graphic novel right. available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, we're very proud of that. It's actually the number one dystopian-selling graphic novel, the number one sci-fi-selling graphic novel. It's doing very well on Amazon. And you and Andy are creating this dystopian, really complex soundtrack together, which is very exciting. You know, tell us a little bit about that because Andy's going to be on and you guys are going to be on together at some point. Mm -hmm. We'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, what you guys are doing right now working on that that soundtrack. Right. Well, Joe, you created a world that is really cool and, and yeah. juicy, in my opinion, as far as art goes. And it's like, great. So, again, bring us the challenge, you know. And it's just I and I can't believe again that like the stuff that you put out to the universe years ago is just if you stick at it sometimes you get your dreams to come true which is very weird but it, that's the way it is when you keep trying you don't and give stuff, up right if you don't give up yeah if you don't give up it might it just might happen if you give up ain't gonna happen no, yeah you're right, right? Yeah, for sure yeah so so then you know Joe it you know you created a world that musically, it's like, man, we got to do this justice, you know, because it's so the the graphics are amazing, the artwork, the story, all these characters have you know backstories and all that stuff. So, you know, Andy and I are again now we're doing we're literally doing what we wanted to do, starting in 1998. Now we're doing it here in 2023 together. It's 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 ridiculous. So there's no effort when I play music. That's my natural. I mean, there's it. It's like breathing to me. So this is like you know anything we can do musically is uh, I'm having a blast, and I think we're pretty happy with the way it's been coming out. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, persistence is the thing you say talk about because I think you know when you talk about this project, uh, Tim Reeves is a previous guest on the show. I think I, he was the first person to read the original script. It was a three-part movie series that I wrote actually in 2016 or 15. I mean, I think you yeah. read it back then yeah, too. Back then, yeah. You know, and you just got to keep going and yeah. going. And finally, it comes out in 2023. Yeah. Right? So again, this is such a tough business. It's yeah. almost impossible. I mean, yeah. every hiccup, every hurdle everything's going to stop you yeah. from trying to be successful doing this mm -hmm. and again you, you just have to follow that dream and push forward because if you don't you know you talked about at the beginning if you don't have somebody guiding the way if you're not say i'm going to just do this and get it done you're never going to get there i mean there will always be every reason to quit and not keep continuing to succeed so you know on that note where do you see gene hale in the next five years in this business and uh where do you hope to be where do you want to be and where do you see yourself well, um, I would say uh, 
playing music for any production that I'm involved with in this business, right? And I, w I would love to have a, a, a big hand in that, right? I see myself acting in things that we produce together, particularly maybe other things, but I really enjoy the craft of acting and I have, you've, I have an opportunity, I'm in something, right? So that, gonna keep going with that trajectory over the next, say, five years and see where all this goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, this is, this is everything I kind of mapped out. If I could say this is the way I want my life to be, it kind of is that way right now. So I don't, in five years, like look what I just did since 2019, since we got together. You know, big, uh, you know, full circle things. It's, it's interesting. So you arrived. That journey is yeah yeah i finally found driving every this, day this balance i've been searching for my whole life now i'm doing music and it's it's real and it's just a great experience so when i get up in the morning and i get to compose music for like a purpose i can't think of anything cooler to, for me to be doing as a as a person the top three favorite musicians bands right off the bat quick no thinking frank zappa yeah um Chris Chris Victor approves. Yeah, Frank Zappa's all time favorite. I would say Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> um The Kinks. I mean I like the yeah. Kinks too. Three beautiful kids. You want them involved in the movie business, entertainment? Where do where do you see them? They part of my motivation for trying to do something again back to Uncle Jimmy, Joyce. Uh do something spectacular. I figured if I did something in the movie business, that 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 would be pretty spectacular. And that, hey, what a cool thing that my dad is in the film business. How many dads are in the film business? And I could afford them an opportunity if they chose. If they wanted to do this, they could do it. Because I, because it, you know, it was part of my motivation was if, if I'm living my perfect balanced fantasy, right? playing music for a living and, you know, doing that. And my kids like the way that is. Oh, well, I'm glad I took all that risk and I stuck it out and I had grit. And, you know, I'm, I, I at least show me. My dad did something, you know, if, if nothing else. Well, Gene, <laughs> we appreciate you coming in. You are always a, a pleasure to hang out with. Always an interesting guy. It's always a good time hanging out with you, my friend. Thank you very much for being here. Thank We're you excited. for having me, Gene Joe. Gene B. Hill Third, America 2076, uninvited for the holidays musician. Check him out. He's out there. Gene B. Hill.